opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. In the you know, ascendancy within the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said so that we were right to right wing. Hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left wing position, hard left, the 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 hard left, Politics podcast with only two of us in tonight. It's me, Kieran Morris, and Jack Frayne Reed. Hello, and we are back for the general election. Yes, right. Where do we even start? Oh my god, it's got so much. I've got this whole like two pages of talking points that we've crowdsourced because as we all know and i'm going to cut to the clip here <laughs> it's tech it's young people it's crowdsourcing it's exciting <laughs> it's tech it's exciting it's young people it's crowdsourcing we are ready and we have your suggestions at hand we're doing this for you this is one for the people one for the fam we've tipped over a thousand followers oh shit I, yeah I think it's fair to say we're big time now <laughs> we've hit the big time like, yeah, I mean, like, our trust fund's gone up from Russia. Like, <laughs> we've got the Uber thing. We got oh, signed yeah. Up by Uber. Yeah. Our deal We're in the, with the corridors Uber. of power now. We'll, yeah, we'll return to that later. Uber, they reached out to us and won uh, Dr. Bastano. Am I right in thinking? Yeah, Dr. Bastano. Dr. Bastano. Um, president of Uber Incorporated. <laughs> and we have been uh, working hard to silence the cry of the working man because we fucking hate the working man <laughs> that's what we're all about we are 100% unequivocally anti-working class 100% 100% and uh, I'm sure that's what a forthcoming editorial of base magazine is going to <laughs> allege <laughs> right then right where do we start where do we start um Ooh. well the polling's good the polling is, obviously, it's always worth putting in the caveat that polling generally shows Labour doing a bit better than they are in a general election. Like, mm. and, uh, that was at least what happened last time. But you're right, it is it is promising. We're polling basically what Labour got the last election and more. Yeah, we're two points over now. Okay. I think that balances out, like, if you say that how much would be knocked off on, like, a vote share generally, you'd say about 2%. Yeah. So it looks like we're heading currently, with three weeks to go, at, you know, fairly solid 2015 levels. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, I don't think we should get complacent, but it is encouraging because two polls have come out showing us getting a, a similar kind of result, haven't they, today? Or yeah, today 32. and yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and that's before the manifesto leak. I think the first one was before the manifesto leak. So now we've got the policy debate that we wanted, but, you know, not at that time. We've got a fair bit of good support behind us and three weeks left. Three weeks left, and I Three think weeks. 35, 36, 37% isn't inconceivable over the next few weeks at all. Yeah, I and mean, whether or not that'll translate, that's another matter, but that's what we should be looking for. Yeah, if we polled 35, 36%, then we should lose, I think, around 10 seats. Mm. Which, uh, 
it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we can get rid of 10. Obviously, we should aim higher, but I yeah. mean, if just, you know, in Wes Streeting's seat, Jess Phillips's seat, John Woodcock's, if we just, you know, take a step back... Tom yeah. Watson. <laughs> oh, my take... God. Oh, my God. When I saw that, the amount of UKIP votes that the third place candidate got in West Bromwich East last time, and they said that, like, the UKIP vote isn't... He isn't standing this year. So <laughs> all of that's going to the Tories. Oh God! Oh, it's Tom. it's not right to back a conservative. But <laughs> it's it's skin of your teeth stuff. It really is. Yeah. It could be the best. I mean, <laughs> just imagine some like huge national swing happens everywhere else, but West Bromwich East. Yeah. And then Watson goes. Watson goes. Watson and then goes. because of the unusual situation, Corbyn gets to handpick the deputy leader. Well, I would certainly not be complaining there. But the other thing is that provided they weren't held back by dickhead right-wing MPs refusing to give them nominations, I mean, in a fair and democratic contest, a candidate with Corbyn's blessing would absolutely triumph. Oh yeah, we hope so. Once we got them on, I think we'd be fine. We could use, you know, the big power base we have beneath us in the party and really get something done. I think yeah. the trick now is getting that done to the NEC and yeah, getting more participation in local level stuff and getting delegates and all that sort of thing. The party machine is the one thing that needs to be tamed if we're to really get what we want. That has been the major kind of inhibition of the Corbyn era. The fact that at every turn there has been some kind of institutional block that the right can put in the way of any attempt by the leadership to move Labour to the left in accordance with their twice-mandated desire of the Labour membership. And that's going to be the way until we stop them. Yeah. Until we get them, drag them down and kill them. <laughs> kill them in a brutal and uncompromising fashion in a Murder way that them. makes them think that they never, ever, ever go near the Labour Party again. <laughs> Just, I'm saying this now because um, Jack told me that we've actually got a fair bit of Labour right listeners. Yeah, we have. We've, we've got a handful. Apparently they find us... What was it our friend Jack said? A disagreeable listen, but they... Oh, uh, great. But they, but they still, you know, they enjoy the banter. They enjoy our contempt for the soft left, for, for liberal Democrats. But obviously, we share a hatred of the Tories on, you know... Maybe uh, I'm just going to say we hate them a little bit more. Just just going to put mm. that out there. But um, you know, I'm sure our Labour right listeners can at us and take up issue with my statement there. All the finest young minds of the Labour right, but it's good <laughs> to start speaking to now because you know it's going to be 30, 40 years of going after you and specifically you for <laughs> long, long periods of time. Yeah. So you know. Marvellous, let's get it started now. Well, because ideally the Blairites will just fuck off and form their own kind of shitty party with the Democrats, with George Osborne. The, oh, yeah, the not, polls, long. not like, long now. A derisory fucking, like, <laughs> 7%, like, less than the fucking Lib Dems. Like, but the Labour right, they're very tribal. Yeah, they, they're bed in. Yeah, exactly. They, they love the Labour party. They love everything it stands for. They actually believe in unions. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of a fundamental issue, and we're actually going to talk about this on a forthcoming show with a friend of ours from the Labour right who listens to the show. Uh, it's our friend Jack Taylor. I don't, I don't know if uh, he wants us to reveal this, so... Well, we just have. Yeah, well, there you go. 
But yeah, basically, we're going to discuss with him factionalism in the Labour Party, because he's involved in the unions in the CWU, I think, and he also has a lot of links to Unite. So there is this strong trade unionist tradition in the Labour right that just isn't there in the kind of new Labour, Blairite right. No, the and they'll never have it. You know, no. they've got, what, community? Yeah, <laughs> oh the my scab God, the union. Fucking scab union. The scab <laughs> union. Did you see their Twitter the other day? Have you seen their account? Oh my what, God, what they just the fucking a bunch of seat sniffers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like they've got like an, a signed Obama 08 picture, a signed printout of Ed Balls doing the Ed Balls tweet. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. It's fucking embarrassing. Man, there's so many other things called community that I haven't been able to find it, but. Richard Angel, or Angela, however you say his name, he happens to be in community, so I am finding their Twitter through his profile. Always the best. That goddamn profile, the best profile on the whole website. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for fun, excitement, adventure, oh, God, it's all in one place. Care, not, not car, car parks. parks. <laughs> I mean, I cannot wait till 2022 when... Uh, who who the fuck was it? Who who does Jolyon want to be Labour lead? Oh yeah, when Yvette Cooper's Labour stormed to the ballots with that barnstorming slogan, pouring tarmac all over doctors, you know, <laughs> looking to prove the point, getting Doctor Daniel Howden up on a screen, <laughs> an example of what happens when you cross them. Rachel. Look at the mockery we made of this man. <laughs> You'll have Rachel Reeves as Shadow Home Secretary. Oh, fuck me, imagine that. Yeah, of course, she'll, she'll be out there warning uh, of the violence that will beset our streets if we take in any more immigrants, even one. She'll have, as her support act at these rallies, there'll be Caroline Flint. Uh, maybe they'll get Burnham along. He can do his bit, also warning of all the violence that will ensue if we have more immigration. Caroline Flint can come on and say, in 1997, my constituency, it was 99.5% white, and now it's 95.5% white. Oh my god, oh my god, it's not British anymore. Oh uh, my god, could you imagine how extended the police force would be? Oh my god, I, oh, you, you think fuck. the fucking I mean, the policy now is point. bad? Like, fucking hell. It would be on another level. They just sell, like, the sort of, like, woke police image over yeah. they're like oh god can you imagine like police officers who are like rachel reeves like jess phillips <laughs> they'll run on the slogan tv personalities cops not stuff. comrades cops <laughs> not comrades bled out from every street corner yeah it's like the friendly face of like police state fascism kicks in <laughs> And they'll dig out the boy uh, Kinnock, the younger, Putin the younger, I should say. He'll come out, he'll he'll be like, you know, Ein Reich, Ein Volk, Ein whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say that if he starts any kind of leadership bid, and, and I, we've laughed at some of the, like, conspiracy theories from the election and the referendum, but if Kinnock starts running a campaign, I think it's fair to check where his money's coming from, because his dad will have a hand in that. Because, like, Corbyn's not a Russian agent, May's <laughs> not a Russian agent, so Vladimir wants a Russian agent. Yeah. And he will get his son returned to power. Yeah. He will have his, you know, 
the guy who pretended to be his father come out. <laughs> he'll bring him back in. He'll have some kind of lordship role because there'll be a big focus on the Kinnicks, quote unquote. Oh my god! While Putin reclines in his chair, seeing his dynasty rebuilt. It's like you know how they're doing all those fucking god awful gaudy Hollywood reboots. Kinnock mm. the movie two. Oh my god, could you imagine that? Like, awful military music, like, overly exaggerative, like, VE Day music playing in the back while he just, like, walks through the field in soldier's uniform. Here I am with my close personal friend, Dan Jarvis, and our, <laughs> both of our close personal friend, Alexander Blackman, a.k.a. Marine <laughs> A. But, uh, Stephen Kinnock, he doesn't have a Welsh accent, does he? I swear I've, like, seen him talk a couple of times, and he just sounds like a posh British guy, basically. Oh, um, yeah. Fuck knows how much privilege he's been sort of privy to in his life. The fact that he wouldn't have even seen his fake dad half the time <laughs> that he was Labour leader um, um, would have been, like... Glenn is Kinnick in the Lords as well. Fucking probably. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck knows why. Like, <laughs> yeah, well done to her. Fantastic. Fair play. Fuck, the more I think about Kinnick, the more that I think that he actually has political currency. Oh. <laughs> you, know the, you know, the good old phrase from friend of the show Enoch Powell, <laughs> that all politicians' careers end in failure. Well, not with Neil Kinnock, because he was a piece of shit from nothing. Yeah, and has stuck around like a fucking tumor. It's, he has succeeded yeah. in just being there <laughs> for his entire fucking career. I, oh my god! Like, it's, I'm it not just shows start... some politicians continue with just fucking failure after failure after failure, and it just, they just keep going. They're sustained on this never-ending stream of failure. And they call it success because they determine success by people trying to pull away from it and failing. Yeah. Like, they've got their win from Blair, and now everything from that is just not seen as a failure at yeah. all. It's a, we had that time. We're not having that time now. There's just no critical understanding of why they're still not there, other than to just be very bitter yeah. Or derisory towards anyone else. When you're like, you know, I think centrist politics, it has its problems. They're like, oh, what? You mean that the type of politics that won us three elections has problems? <laughs> it's just, it posed the question of like, and you can't ask them this because they just sort of self-destruct afterwards, is that like, if that wins them three elections, how did they go out of office? Yeah. What was the end of the fourth election? Did, well, they say, would argue somehow that, like, the Tories learnt centrism and just took over. But that's kind of true. But also, that didn't win them a majority either. Like, it clearly wasn't winning majorities, even in its purest form. Like, it was a much more hard-right thing, purely because they had to call on some other centrists to, like, make up the gap. Centrist policies weren't pursued at this point. That's the thing about being a centrist now. It's all retrospective, all based on this idea that we triangulated and we reached out and we got this voter and that voter, etc. But they weren't centrist policies in office because really not such a thing exists. You know, you can have sort of soft lefty, like, ameliorative policies that mm, achieve some things. You know, the headline things from Blairism. But they weren't being centrist when they transformed the Home Office into this overmighty, dodgy, fucking horrible thing that oversaw everything from, like, 
detention to police harassment, etc., etc. Oh yeah. Or the absolutely. foreign office and anything that turned into that was right wing. That was the, that was the difference. It wasn't centrist. It was yeah, right-wing. it's this kind of centrist idea where they valorize bipartisanship. They think it's the West Wing ideal of politics. They think mm. that the way you get some good politics is you get a bit of left wing politics, a bit of right wing politics. You stick them together and you use the best ideas of both. But you can't really do that because there's just endless contradictions and yeah. quite often the right seems to triumph in that yeah. kind of well, that's scenario. because they know what they're doing. They know the best way to win the argument when you're in power is to ignore any other alternative and yeah. when you're out of power to change the narrative. So your policies are still being discussed. That's yeah, been the great trick of the right wing to turn media influence and supposed public pressure into reintroducing right-wing focuses to policy that otherwise they wouldn't have achieved if you know someone else had just plowed on with what they were doing Absolutely. or if the left had been strong enough or been allowed to be strong enough to actually advance its own agenda so yeah by the time we put this episode out it's currently embargoed but one bunch of pricks has already gone ahead and reported it not that i, I don't think many people noticed no um, no one will say who so yeah it's it's news like, it'll be news when you're hearing this. Labour have pledged to enact what's known as a kind of Robin Hood tax, haven't they? Yeah, the Tobin tax on um, financial transactions. What, why is it called both the Robin Hood and the Tobin tax? This I have, you... like, absolutely no idea. And I'm not even going to try and embarrass myself and try and, like, Tobin it. looks like Robin in there. It's, it's it, similar. It might be. Is it I, someone I, misspelled it once it and it stuck? It could be that. Okay. <laughs> Someone said something about there being like an actual Tobin. I don't know. Like maybe that's like Robin Hood's name. Like maybe. Robin Hood's presumably sort of like his superhero name. I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> read Robin Hood. I don't. I don't know much about Robin Hood. Um, I will find out now. Oh, oh, it's it's oh. much more sort of dull. Wait. Than you think. It's like it's named after some Nobel Memorial Prize in Economic Sciences laureate James Tobin. Okay. Okay. That is yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah. Is he, um, is he sound? I mean, does he sound all right, this Tobin fella? Right, we're checking him out. Um, he was influenced by Keynes and oh, a okay. lot of people I don't know. Oh. Um, he went to Harvard. All right. That's good. You can tell yeah. we're, we're the finest economic minds of our generation. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> we know you come to us for hard-hitting economic analysis. Oh, God. And we're... I think that's what we're providing. <laughs> I mean, if you say anything with confidence, you've got a good chance of getting it across, especially if you're being so passionate. Yeah, like, well, exactly. I mean, this is... He's this not going to challenge you. The whole thing of the British press. It's like Laura Koonsberg comes out and says, I hear a nonce has resigned from uh, Labour. This is pretty embarrassing, isn't it? They're really <laughs> going to lose the nonce vote there. Have you seen the big Tory pitch to the nonce vote? This is, like, I'm not even kidding. This is such a pitch to the nonce vote specifically. <laughs> it's something about, like, they are pledging that web users will be able to erase their online history. <laughs> That's their policy pledge today. They will well, give them the power to erase your online history. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, when I'm contacting people, my comrades in the caliphate and so on, I mean, that's not really the kind of thing I want to have, you know, floating around the internet. Just like all, all, all my all my conversations where we're we're laying out our plans for the jihad, and uh, like I, I I think this is a totally reasonable uh, policy by the Conservative Party. Sorry, I, I had to I had to think of a really like. Oh, yeah, you were treading the line. Yeah, I had to think of a very ironic way there to attack the Tories for um, 
being soft on national security. And on, like, online security as well. Because, like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I need to stop, like, looking at uh, six-year-olds. Yeah. Like, uh, with my friend. What? No. Like, I, that's a good policy. Oh, shit. And then you realize you've got yourself into an alley. Well, I believe... on tape. You know, there are certain local Labour politicians who, you know, probably could, could re- you know, might really appreciate this uh, policy being enacted. We're not uh, naming names. We're not, you can't libel us. We're not naming names. We are not naming any names. Just certain local Labour politicians who've been known to you know, delete files off their computer in bulk. Like, it's something we all do. I, like I've I've got all the zip files of just like albums I've downloaded and stuff. You know, it, you want to clear some space. Like everyone's got got some files that they that they just you know. Yeah, but I'm in a hurry to get rid of them. Like you know, sometimes I forget. So if, like I always have the mayor tell me to delete things. <laughs> if, if no, you've yeah. Got a couple of people from from some sort of public institution coming round. You don't want to look a fool, do you? With all the all the Christ, no. Yeah, the, the, the zip files of albums or whatever whatever it might be on, on your computer like so it, it, and it's always good when you have when you have a mate who is in a, a considerably more senior position of public yeah, office a bit in the can, know yeah who can who can call you up and you know just 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 give you some valuable advice that that you know that will just really help you that will just be of great use to you anyway Anyway. Moving off the topic of paedophiles, <laughs> let's talk about the selections for Rochdale and Liverpool Walton. So, yeah. All right, selections. Selections. Where do we start? Well, for one, Rochdale, disappointing. Oh, God. Clearly the hand of the outgoing MP in that yeah. one, I think. Although Peter he's, Clark he's going denied. to run against Tony Lloyd as an independent, isn't he? Yeah, it's a fucking ego trip. The yeah. guy's just, the sooner he's out of politics, the better. It's yeah. just a shame that we couldn't get someone as talented as Katie Clark in the PLP when we absolutely need someone like that. There's been a real dearth of good left-wing candidates selected in winnable seats as well. I say good left-wing candidates. Any left-wing candidate would do, frankly. Like, yeah, we'll fucking take anyone. I'm anyone, well... like, slightly even to the left of, like, NATO near will do. <laughs> I'm well chuffed that fucking Chris Williamson has got selected again. Like, the guy's a bit of an oddball, but he sound like he's... He's uh... our oddball. Yeah, exactly. Apparently he's a vegan, and he makes all his staff eat vegetarian. Nice. As a principal. Does he still have staff? Was that, like... <laughs> when he was an MP? I mean, I don't... <laughs> yeah. yeah. They must have been so fucking happy that he lost his seat. <laughs> then it's like, yeah, fuck off, dickhead. <laughs> Just chugging on a fucking big burger. Like, <laughs> Walton, but, Liverpool Walton. Liverpool Walton has... Well, we have got a good left MP, and he will be an MP. And he's got, actually, despite what the right have been saying, considerable Scouse credentials, hasn't he? Oh, shit, yeah. Toxteth is Scouse enough, I'd say. <laughs> There's debate over... Mm, yeah, it is, it's fine. Like, when you're speaking from, like, outside the region, you're not questioning that. Toxic's yeah. fine. He went to St. Eddie's, St. Edward's School, which is a it's a nice school in West Derby. It's quite a leafy area around there, but still, it all checks out. It checks out fucking better than Joe Anderson anyway, because what he's tried to portray to the national media is just so fucking far from the truth. It's unbelievable. I have <laughs> never met any individual figure, not met, but heard of any individual figure <laughs> in Liverpool who commands so much fucking universal contempt as that fat fucking cunt <laughs> everyone everyone fucking hates him 
everyone. Wasn't there that article recently about how he was taking a break from social media because people called him things, including what was it? Oh, was that a fat pie crust snorting <laughs> wizard? I think it was um, a fat pie crust snorting wizard and a corrupt Humpty Dumpty looking nonce. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, you'll find that from anyone absolutely yeah. anyone all the pensioners hate him he's just known as mayor joe but like never in a nice context whatsoever he's seen on the same level as a sort of a liverpool celebrity i don't know how much broadness he has outside of liverpool a guy called pete price it's hard to explain pete price because he's such a phenomenon in liverpool he is the most laughed at individual the most mocked individual you're ever gonna like ever gonna find in one individual city. He's like a talk show host. He's been doing this talk show on the radio for like 20 years. People ring up and abuse him. He gets really, really angry. It's like, check him out. He's hilarious. And like, everyone shouts at him in public. He seems a very distressed, very odd man. And only Joe Anderson's on the level of him in terms of people just like instantly want to shout abuse in his face and call him a cunt with like no consideration for him. I can't stress enough how much Joe Anderson is hated in the city of Liverpool. Oh, Dan Carden. That's the name of the activist who's been picked, isn't it? Yeah. And our friend Max Shanley posted a picture of him at It's Liverpool. the Docker strike. Ah, there you go. A pivotal moment in the kind of, like, industrial history of Liverpool. The last great strike, and a very, very well-supported strike as well. Obviously, the famous picture is Robbie Fowler celebrating and lifting up his top. But I support the strike in Dockers, I think it is. Or I support the Liverpool Dockers. Yeah. Something like that. And it was the last time since the big banner that, like, Liverpool have got so political. Oh, shit. At Anfield Stadium recently at a football match, didn't they unveil a big, like, yeah, Corbin, the Corbin and McDonald McDonald banner? Yeah, the Corbin and McDonald banner. Yeah, you know, all power to Liverpool, obviously, now and forever. And like, it's good to see there's such a socialist heart to the club when sometimes it can seem like every cunt's a fucking centrist. Like, <laughs> Liverpool centrism is... Uh, I, I don't even want to say. It's just awful. Awful, awful, centrism. awful. Not even that, like, Michael Heseltine centrism. Like, Oh, God. Yeah, it goes deeper than that. He, be- he rebuilt the city. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> This is not the show for that. That's okay. the celebratory Heseltine is dead special. <laughs> which hopefully will come in the next that. few months. Oh my god, like, hopefully we'll get some good death specials in there. I'm, you know, Kissinger, when he fucking kicks it, we've got to do <laughs> Oh my god, episode. we've got to do a live show. Yeah, I mean, fucking like... hell, a lot of these old cunts are getting on a bit. George Bush, all that, like, fuck it. Oh, man. Oh, it, mate, I, it's about time, we're going to do it in our episode soon with Dawn Foster, but it's about time, but it's not going to be exclusively about that. Any excuse to remind everyone what a fucking repugnant cunt with so much blood on his hands George Bush is. Either Bush. Either Bush. But especially W. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying H.W. is good in any conceivable way, but George W. Bush, like, disastrous president. He laid the groundwork for Trump. Obama did in his own way, but then Bush laid the groundwork for Obama. So, mm. like, <laughs> that's the sort of... the bipartisan centrist mush of American politics. You've got all these presidents from different parties just completely laying the groundwork for each other. With Kissinger in the background of every last one of them, including <sighs> the Trump administration. He's still going. Fucking hell. He endorsed Hillary, though, didn't he, of course? Yeah, he did. Marvellous. Did you see, like, I think, like, the Share Blue, like, the Democrats' site, like, blog site, kind of like their sort of labour list or something like that. One of oh, their God. dedicated sites. It's just like, oh, and I thought a Kissinger endorsement was so bad. <laughs> 
It's like, no, guys, reread that. It's, <laughs> it's it is still bad. It is like, definitely fucking bad. It's like, oh, you all laughed at Hillary for it. Now Trump's getting stuck. Like, They're both what? bad. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. The fact that you still have that like fucking lizard monster anywhere near anything that isn't a fucking prison cell 30 feet below the ground. Kissinger gravitates towards both individuals because they're both repugnant pieces of shit and Mm. represent the same violent, disgusting politics as him. So on from that, I think we've got to talk about Trev. Trev. We have to talk about Trev at some point. My God. Trevor Merrill's and... (laughs) MI5's finest, Bryn Phillips, in the funniest day I can remember, for a while. It was incredible. Has Trev deleted his Twitter account now? I think he has, or at least he's stopped being public in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) And this isn't the Twitter account he'd already deleted. Oh no. That's a different one. (laughs) Which definitely wasn't him, definitely didn't have people addressing him as Trevor Merrill's, wasn't being tagged (laughs) as Trevor Merrill's throughout... Or repeatedly referring to his job at United Cabbies. Literally anything that can be checked. All of that was doctored, as the forensic photographer will prove. You know, Dr. Bastano, his reign of terror, will will be finished. He'll be sent down for good. By the justice of the NEC. (laughs) If there's anyone who cares about, you know, due process, (laughs) decency, democracy, it is the NEC. Oh boy, you are ready, ready to get served up some justice. I mean, they love evidence. They love evidence, and they're going to see that evidence. They're going to see evidence of a Trotskyist plot to crush the working man in that old Trotskyist kind of way, that old traditional Trotskyist kind of way of going after workers who feel threatened by changing work conditions. It all fits in, because the hard left hates cabbies. The hard left hates England. Oh, big time. Yeah, and they hate working class constituencies. Big, 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 big. Big time. I mean, I know we do. Huge time. Covered. (laughs) We've already set out our position. We've already set that out, but like, we know (laughs) that we only sort of say that so openly because the Labour leadership really believes that as well. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, why would you even like bother with this socialism nonsense if you had anything less than an utter vehement contempt for the working class? Yeah. I mean, they want socialism. They want something else. And let me tell you, it starts with an R. It ends with an M. And, and it's let- pretty fucking cool. And the letters in between are A, C, I, and S. And in case you didn't realise, that spells Danchukism. And the crowd go wild. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it actually likely Danchuk has quite a large personal vote in Rochdale? Oh, he's apparently, kind- yeah. Kind of like, uh, you know, Rob Ford. Not the <laughs> shitty Polsai academic, the fucking crack-smoking, sadly deceased former mayor of Toronto. Rest like, in Rob- peace. Rob Ford had no politics other than, oh, small government! Oh yeah, he was like but, he was just like real yeah. drain the swamp. Put me in. I'm like a fucking this sort of Mardi Gras king made mayor. Exactly. I'm just gonna he, fuck shit up. But his thing was that he was constantly on the phone to constituents. He was always like, "Oh, a branch has fallen on your lawn. I'll I'll sort that out for you." And um, 
I, I think Dan Chuck's a bit like that as well. A friend of ours says that a relative of theirs got in some trouble with their business, and Dan Chuck like actually really helped them out there. Which <laughs> is conspicuous. Yeah, they had. Which is, that ne- sounds like what the mob do. So I mean, who knows? Maybe he could beat the Labour candidate or split the vote and let the Tories in. In that really solidly, probably pretty sewn up solidly Labour, if not Liberal, but there's no Liberal running really this time. See, like if the Tories win anywhere? that, yeah, no, there isn't. Thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Our second Liberals. scalp of the campaign. Fuck the Lib Dems. Like we fuck. got Trevor Merrill's by yeah. our own conspiracy. Absolutely. And we fucking got Tim Farron. <laughs> we haven't fucking seen him anywhere, and it's our fucking doing. Well, it's mainly we've Tom's. We got a fucking scalp. Yeah, those two videos Tom made, and there's a third on the way, by the way. They uh, brought him down. Like... I genuinely like. I wouldn't be exaggerating to say that I think we knocked two or three percent off them. <laughs> Like, I swear to fucking God. It just stopped their campaign. Like, just as soon as it got going, like, you're like, no, no, gay frogs. They were ready to get into, like, all the 48% silent, like, minority that are, well, like, waiting for this constituency. Take us back into Europe. Change everything. And before they could even, like, get the words out of their mouth, it's like, homophobe, gay frogs, (laughs) Alex Jones. Did Brexit. deeply weird. You did Brexit. A rumour he supports ISIS. But, yeah, but not verified. Not verified or anything. It's just what we heard. Don't shoot the messenger. And then he wouldn't answer any questions on it. He would I mean, not come answer on. any questions. I mean, you've seen the Channel 4 news interview and he's like, oh, come on, Tim, do you believe in a caliphate that's united <laughs> and operates under the guidelines of our interpretation of the Quran? And He's like, look, who am I to tell you what interpretation of the Quran is correct? You wouldn't be asking me this if I was a homophobe. I mean, come on. <laughs> We're not entering into a theological debate here. It's like, Tim, so what What do you think of, you know, the Islamic State's stance on, like, throwing gay people off tall buildings? Look, 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 this isn't an epistemological discussion. <laughs> 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 anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We were talking about Trev. So and we were Trev talking about was, Bryn. Yeah, Trev and Bryn. So Trev was selected in a pretty safe Tory constituency. And this is what he was protesting. He was saying, God, this is how much they fear me and what I represent. That even in a place where I got no chance of getting in, Ted still... Heath's sole constituency. <laughs> That's how but, fucking far he is ever, even like, he won't even get third if he stood. But still, a decision was made within the centralised structures of the Labour Party, where they were like, yeah, this guy is in some way an acceptable candidate. And so I think because she hasn't got enough credit for this, like it was our friend Jude Wanga at Jude in London who basically uncovered all this shit. She posted screenshot after screenshot because Jude and we'll we'll have her on, we'll be recording an episode with her in the next week. She keeps receipts. Like <laughs> if somebody said something fucked up, Jude she's got a copy the dirt on them. Yeah, she she's got got it in her files. And it's a what, noble thing to do. It's a good thing. It's not cop tactics. It is different. The people she's bringing down are invariably fucking wrongins like Trev. <laughs> so basically, it turned out that there was a large amount of evidence. But on this guy's old Twitter account at Welling Blue Boy, he had posted racist, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic anti-black stuff over and over homophobic stuff as well actually over Over and and over over again again. yeah 
it was like an integral part of the Twitter discourse that he was enjoying when he ran that account. And we all became aware of him because at the Blue Labour conference <laughs> last September, I think, or October. Yeah, September, October. It was, it was it was a beautiful day. What can I say? Trev gave a speech. Not not He wasn't on the lineup. He was not considered to be in the same echelon as Stephen Wolf of UKIP or Rod Liddell. Or Lisa Nandy. <laughs> Lisa Nandy. All the, all the greats. No, he wasn't quite on that level. By the way, isn't Morris Glassman advising the Tories now? Yep. The founder of Blue Labour. Fucking slug. Toad scum. So people started sort of piling on him for being a racist. And like, he like, he didn't have his head around the fact that since that Blue Labour conference, we had him fucking down. Yeah. We all noticed them. We all noticed him and his fucking weird mate, Bryn. Yeah, like three foot five. Yeah, hangs Bryn out with like Mercedes dealerships. The video of uh, of that speech by Trev at the time, where he, he stood up and he sort of went on about Polish immigrants and being part of the white working class and not having a voice in politics. There were some other kind of suspect things he said as well, but I I can't really remember them. So <laughs> so Bryn Phillips because. He had repeatedly, back in October, identified this at Welling Blue Boy account as Trevor Merrill's. People started asking Bryn, so Bryn, why are you saying this account is him? And Bryn started saying, these are fake, they're photoshopped, it's uh, it's Uber, it's Dr. Bastano, it's... (laughs) He went out of control. He sent some very, like, weird, creepy tweets to Abby Wilkinson, like, Abby... Please, can you apologise? Like, Abby, I, th- I thought better of you. Just, you know, always, you know, like, you drop in her first name as if to kind of guilt trip her. Like, it was um, unsettling. It was very weird. But he, this basically went on for a couple of days. He posted a video where he's basically saying, oh, you know, my, my mate Trevor, he, he's an honest working man. He has been framed uh, because Labour hates the working class. And he, he gets out his Labour membership card and cuts it up. Like, he's standing in a, yeah, as you say, in a fucking, like, Mercedes dealership or something. Like, My name's Bryn Phillips. I'm a community organiser. For the last two years, I just had the pleasure and the privilege to work with a great leader called Trevor Merrills. Trevor was subjected to a really deeply unpleasant and mendacious smear campaign, fake tweets, fake Twitter accounts. The Labour NEC was made aware that this was emanating from an individual with Aaron Bastani, that it was completely untrue. They've suspended Trevor's candidacy without even asking him to come and see them to present his side of the story. In this country, you're innocent until proven guilty, but not in the Labour Party, it seems. As I said, like, he's fucking three foot tall. He has this, like, creepy, whiny accent. Like, have you heard his songs? Yes, I have. <laughs> have we just like, found our outro? Yeah, his songs are all like... Because he sings them all in falsetto. They're like, she's standing outside of Tesco, selling her body for crack. He can only be an MI5 operative because I'm not fucking having it for a second that he's a real person. <laughs> nothing checks out. Did nothing. Did he get arrested for, like, throwing yogurt at a cop? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's been, like, five different ages. He's had, like, four different professions. What's behind the fact that his photo was, like, shot like it's from 1955? It's like, his union that he set up having like no links whatsoever it's just him like, it's fucking existing. bizarre like yeah he and he says that in his video that that's his main thing being a community organizer for this very clearly fake organization and then there was the trevor merrill's like uncoordinated tweets when he like pre-announces in the video that he'll be standing as an independent and that he's gonna run his campaign 
I'm heartbroken that the Labour Party could show contempt for working men and women and take the word of a liar over a decent and honest man. Trevor Merrills will be standing as an independent in Bexley and Sidcup against Labour, against the Tories. Labour has no respect for working people. <laughs> and Trevor's like, oh, don't cut up your card for me, mate. It's just the most tragic thing. It didn't look real. It looked a closely compiled thing. Yeah. Something deeply suspect about it. And another thing I might have to play at least a clip of is Aaron Bastani's response video. Oh, which is great. Because he got called out in Bryn's video and Aaron posted a video on Facebook responding. Hello, my name's Aaron Bastani. I'm a community organiser working for Navarro Media, navarromedia.com. It's come to my attention that there's a CGI character. He is not real, he's a fiction. It's a computer animated character called Brian Phillips. He's defending a racist man, Trevor Merrills, who was about to run as a Labour parliamentary candidate in South London. He's now been suspended for formerly racist tweets. This is not true. Brian Phillips does not exist. This computer animation puts the melt in meltdown. We've called forensic experts. We're going to get a summary, send it to the National Executive Committee. Brian Phillips doesn't exist, Trevor Merrills doesn't exist, the tweets don't exist, none of it exists, the cabin industry doesn't exist, I don't exist. Brian, stop putting the melt and melt down, stop being an absolute belter. One thing we can all agree on is that Brian Phillips doesn't exist. We'll get forensic experts onto this. Nobody can be this fucking stupid. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he if he mentioned Dr. Bastano thing, but yeah. he, I, I don't even know. I think people might have added the doctor, but he was called like at least Mr. Bastano at one point by Bryn Phillips. Yeah, it was a day to remember. A couple of days to remember. Yeah, a couple of days. It, remember, it, like... it went it went on and on, and yeah, and and Trev like obviously he was guilty as sin because. He did not stay and fight for his selection, did he? He, he was just like, right, that's that. Right, I'm done. Not, we're not running for the seat anymore. Obviously done as a massive racist. But I think what we really need to think about on a more serious note is how the decision was actually made that somebody with those views could be selected as a Labour candidate. Because the dark forces of blue Labour are shifting underneath our feet and they are the section to look at. Unfortunately, yeah. you probably laugh at their like stupid, poorly thought out, tub-thumping nationalism and stuff. What they have that progress doesn't is an intellectual basis. Uh, grouping can't thrive without an intellectual basis. It's a bad intellectual basis. Yeah. But they're giving a lot of real thought to finding this new statist, social democratic, nationalist base to yeah. challenge Corbyn. So I think we should move on to the topic of slugs. Slugs. Slugs, slugs, slugs. So one of the things that people requested was the various slugs in the media and how best to salt their existence. Fire, weaponry, stones, <laughs> like anything you can think of. We can all Knives, take the hit on like, physical assault charges. If everyone has one, <laughs> they won't be a badge of shame or whatever. If you exactly. chin someone who just happens to write for the Telegraph or somewhere like that, then fine. Yeah, I mean, actually, given the horrible kind of, like, right-wing composition of the Labour selections this time, wouldn't be so bad if Eric Joyce got selected again. 
Like I'm just I'm just saying yeah, like take if, him. if we had someone like maybe like replacing that fucking Portland comms cunt who got picked for one seat. Oh Christ. But anyway, yeah, so the slug meme it seems, which I should point out we didn't originate. It's I not know, ours. Yeah, because we've put some work into popularizing it. Some people sometimes think that I came up with it or we as a show came up with it, but no, slug has been going around for a little bit longer. And in fact its original etymology is drawn from an episode of The Office UK. Which was, <laughs> is a beloved show of the term's originator, Oid PTG. Oid PTG, I think... I That's think the pronunciation, right? I'm credit. not going O-I-D-P-T-G. It's too yeah, much. Yeah, and actually, you know, I quite like the original Office. I think, you mm. know, it kept it short and concise. It was before Ricky Gervais became a really obnoxious personality when he was closely collaborating with Stephen Merchant. It, it was a simpler I, time, it was a better time. Yeah, <laughs> it was the New Labour era when we'd transitioned to a service-based economy. And William Hague was being fucking put in the ground. <laughs> Lots of people had these wonderful office jobs that were so fulfilling. But yeah, basically, at one point in the show, David Brent, played by Ricky Gervais, calls... It's collective, isn't it? Little slugs with no mm. personality. So, yeah. and David, what did he actually say about us? Just slugs like a new laugh. I went, you're swindling like little slugs. Little slugs with no personality. And it's just jealous that we're better at everything than you. I'll I tell you what, though, on a serious note, if it did kick off, do anything, get out. I don't want you lot getting out, it's not worth it. Well, I'll just step in if you want. Let's be big boy shit, mate. Cheers. And uh, anyway, the new statesman. The new statesman. Ironically <laughs> enough, referenced this on their podcast. I'm not going to name which one of us it is who listens to the new statesman podcast, but it was one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Good giveaway. Now, I may have got this information secondhand. I'm not saying it was me who listened to the New Statesman podcast, but I mean, one I of how, us... Like, we've happily faked being a paedophile on this episode, but like, <laughs> we won't even entertain the idea of suggesting that we've listened to the New Statesman podcast. <laughs> I mean, it would just sound really... It's bad for the cred. Yeah, I mean, we'd lose that shiny 1,000 follower threshold we already have overnight. Oh, something it's something awful, like, oh, if I said this, people would call me, like, a Tory slug or something. It's like... Yeah, so basically, yeah. Stephen Bush and Helen Lewis are talking about something or other. I can't actually remember what the context of this conversation was. And th there's no reason that I should remember, given <laughs> it wasn't necessarily me who listened to the New Statesman podcast. But Helen Lewis is saying, you know, now I have wheelie bins, I watch Mrs. Brown's Boys, that chat show, I, I have a wheelie bin, I'm incredibly in touch with Middle England. And Stephen Bush just sort of deadpans, is that why you're becoming a Tory? <laughs> and Helen Lewis is sort of, she laughs, she's like, I'm not becoming a Tory. And Stephen Bush, he's like, he tries to get things back on track. He's like, anyway, on the subject of the actual Tories. And Helen Lewis is like, it's fine. This isn't like, if you said that to me on Twitter, I'd be drowning in people calling me a slug for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> and then she turns her fire on the slug callers and says, but you know, it turns out that actually people who listen to our podcast are able to comprehend whole sentences rather than just angrily mashing the keyboard. Now I have wheelie bins, so I'm, you know, like, I, I watch Mrs. Brown's Boys, that chat show, I have a wheelie bin, I'm incredibly in touch Is with Middle England. Is that why you're becoming a Tory? I'm not becoming a Tory. Oh my... Anyway, um, but yeah, on the subject of the actual Tories... Um, so yeah, they... it's fine. This isn't like people. If you said that to me on Twitter, then I would be drowning in people calling me a slug for the next couple of weeks. But it's, you know, people on turns out actually people who listen to our podcast are able to comprehend whole sentences rather than just angrily mashing the keyboard. 
Um, yeah, but uh, can we talk about the Labour leadership? Well, our listeners <laughs> happen to be invertebrate fucking morons <laughs> who a slug is pretty much the only word they know how to type. So I really think this is a little bit unfair on on our listeners. Who, yeah, they, they 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 do their best. They tr- they they have a lot of of. of passionate feelings and that they're, they're not good with speaking the language you know they're, they're talking the english they come, come on come on yeah come on helen but anyway stephen bush goes um yeah but um and helen lewis says can we talk about the labor leadership oh god <laughs> what does but, that to even say i mean i thought that was too far but when she set up slug is a slur.com i thought that was <laughs> I thought that was pushing the boat out a little bit. There have been a couple of pretty bait accounts that have been set up recently that have followed real politic. Mm. There was John McTory nonce. Oh, yeah. Sorry if that's a listener. I just rejected your invitation to follow me straight away. Oh, yeah. I, I so blocked, fucking suspect. I yeah, big time. I think I blocked on both accounts. Come on. You don't put nonce in your actual fucking app fucking idiot so, again sorry if, if, if the account is set up by one of our friends but i did ask and nobody dm'd me and then there was slug patrol or something it's like come on too easy like no don't do that yeah, yeah. they deactivate yeah as they always so often do when they finally get no access in which is yeah. kind of fun i love I, it it's I, kind I, of fun i do feel a little bit but anyway let's move this on helen lewis wasn't the only prominent british journalist to point out their awareness of the slug meme recently. slugworth slugworth james blood first himself your resident quote-unquote labor fucking neocon went on a huge diatribe that he has since deleted i mean can you explain this kieran like, oh I, yeah i, I like... don't think i can do it justice he said that the term slug is a term used by hard left communists to well dehumanize our opposition <laughs> much in the same way that like hitler called jews rats or that like pol pot had certain words for like dissidents and stuff and like made some started, pretty like, fucking unsavory like suggestion that like we well he's true that we'd like to see every last one of them mowed down in the street but <laughs> That isn't a plank of our policy platform. And as much as we may want the Labour leadership to do it, he's not going to. He's but not. to say that it's part of this like innate heart, it's, it doesn't even need justifying it. Really. It's stupid. It, it's it's Slugworth. It's Slugworth reacting in a really fucking stupid way. But then our friend Simon Monk pointed out to him that it was originally from the office. And that was when he deleted all the tweets. <laughs> yeah, that um, held up brilliantly. I can't wait till Nick Cohen slam piece on us. Oh, I'm fucking psyched for that. And I'm, Nick, I'm... if you're listening... Mate, it's half one in the afternoon. Stop drinking. <laughs> Get your shit together, you fucking waste of skin. Put in fact, if you are listening, fucking can finish down, the Nick. fucking bottle of whiskey and, like, go for a swim. And, like, hopefully <laughs> you don't fucking get out of the pool. You rotten, nasty prick. <laughs> It's like, Nick, like, now is not the time for drinking at this point in the afternoon. Like, at least fucking Mason holds it in till about sort of midnight or something. Then it's the Mason hour. Oh, the Mason hour. (laughs) They're going to get put in on, like, all new clocks if we win the election. (laughs) Half 11 to half 12, we'll have sort of like a blacked out section on every new clock as the Mason hour. Where he just comes out and verbally (laughs) purges the Blairites. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> day by day two or three at a time oh somebody else also suggested us one thing but i'll just read it out we don't need to talk much more about it because it says it all 
Labour's nice policies on providing financial support to bereaved parents and helping out lonely old people. That's a good talking point, isn't it? Yeah, it stands alone. It's exactly. it's brilliant. Yeah, the, the manifesto beautiful. is brilliant. That's our line. Yeah, the, the, the manifesto, manifesto is, is fucking superb. Yeah, maybe in a future show we'll talk about its unorthodox manner of release and so on. By which I mean some toad leaked it. Um, <laughs> subtle. <laughs> Very subtle. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to, as you say, the main offenders. Yeah, in the last two week or so. quick kills. Bam. Okay. Bam. <laughs> Who first? Bang, bang, Lulu. Lulu, <laughs> bang away. Lulu had to go downtown. So <laughs> bang, bang, Lulu. Sorry. <laughs> right. I just and on I that started. Tone. Hawaiian Island songs just via Jonathan Richmond just came into my head. Sometimes okay. you can't hold it back. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You can choose to leave it in if you want. It depends <laughs> on how you're feeling in the edit. If I'm just like listening back, it's just acutely embarrassed. Just shaking your head, just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> bang, bang, Lulu. Lulu ran away. Had to go bang bang, that's why she ran away. Lulu had a boyfriend, name was Tommy Tucker. Took him out to his house to see if he could bang bang. Lulu. Okay, you take over from here. Sweet. I'm resigning. <laughs> I'll jump in, okay. <laughs> right, two quick kills, two main offenders, two people who I think we both delight in talking about Owen Jones and Jolly and Green. <sighs> oh. oh, where do we start? Where do we start? Let's start with Owen Jones. Okay. <laughs> Someone has been having a lot of fun going round and campaigning for the very, very, very worst Labour MPs in the Parliamentary <laughs> Labour Party. Tomorrow, he's as of Sunday, be Sunday, so it's Saturday today. Sunday, he is campaigning round my old flats from first year in Elephant and Castle for the first vote I ever cast in a Democratic ballot. Neil Coyle. Oh, Neil fucking Coyle is campaigning for him after campaigning for Lillian Greenwood, after campaigning for Jess Phillips, after Gloria campaigning for Gloria De Piero. He is just going round on one long slugathon. Like, <laughs> he's wondering why, like, he has, like, no support left. And this is why. But he was nice enough to respond to us. I woke up to this beef. Like, I've been, I've been having a, a nap. I was having dinner. <laughs> Like, I was just out, like, I was having a burger somewhere. And, like, and, I just I uh, saw, like, Owen Jones replied. I was like, all right, okay. Here we go. He's already got a few favourites in. I was like, mm. Mm. You know, the classic sort of sharp Jones wit about, <laughs> oh, yeah, I see. You're calling me out for campaigning for, you know, whatever MP. With all these new members victory. who, you know, want to stop the Tories. Good for you, yeah, mate. Yeah, no, he's sorry. He didn't say a Labour victory because that would be a much, much too of a much too positive of a way to spin it. He was like, "Oh yeah, to stop the Tories," and stop then the Tory landslide. Yeah, and then we just sassed him the fuck back, and he retreated. He retreated yeah. straight off. Yeah, so uh, I mean, his whole thing was like, "Oh, why aren't you out on, on the doorstep like a week before your fucking exam?" Oh, like... <laughs> just in. Here's an Owen Jones tweet. Yeah, the Tories are still way ahead. But Labour shares going up. Only campaigning turns that into votes, so let's knock on those doors. Hashtag Labour doorstep. Hashtag Labour doorstep. The only valid way of expressing your political opinion. When Richard Angel shows up on the Labour doorstep and says, oh, you know, Jeremy Corbyn's a cunt, vote Tory. Like, that must really be so compelling. Oh, God, yeah. It must God, really yeah. put the case for our policies out there. So what about this policy? Oh, no, we'll make sure he doesn't do that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm actually opposed to fucking free 
parking for hospitals. I'm a stupid, baldy dipshit who can't get a seat, who's so fucking, <laughs> like, unconnected that he can't be dropped into some fucking shithole. Imagine if you had Angel's fucking bootlicking subservient Blairite politics and you weren't in the PLP <laughs> still after chairing progress, which is exclusively an organisation for people with an interest in a career in politics. It's not a grassroots organisation. It exists within the sphere of the PLP. He's got to much. the highest level he can and it's still not Parliament. <laughs> like, Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, we'll return to him when Dr... Dr. Uh, Howden. Dr. Howdono. Dr. Howdono joins us. Yes, yeah, so so we had this whole beef with Owen Jones in which he complained that we're not out campaigning as much as him. Well, there's a few things. Like, first of all, he doesn't know that. Like, he's got no idea. Secondly, Tom works two jobs. Like, he's currently working right now. I just had to submit a massive amount of coursework. I had, like, two deadlines on the same day. Kieran's still got exams coming up. Like, you know, we're, we're not in quite the same position as Owen Jones with regards to having a lot of time that we can dedicate exclusively to campaigning. I mean, we've we've just had to take two weeks off from the show. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's been pretty fucking tough getting through all this work and campaigning at the same time, trying mm. to find the time for it, trying to find the time to get out when you're fucking shattered at the end of the day. Yeah, you can't fucking go round London doorstepping for different dickheads at a time, three MPs a day, because yeah. for some reason you've been landed with the left space in the media. <laughs> and like all of it you're not signed fucking anyway you don't really have a full-time job you're just some fucking jumped up socialite who's been riding off all of our policies and our opinions and our success for <laughs> seven eight years and now has the fucking temerity to lecture all of us on what we should be fucking doing but he's done nothing absolutely nothing to increase the chances of a labor victory fuck all well it's worth saying, like, you know, he's he's not our worst enemy out there. But at the same time, he has spent months in the direct lead up to a general election, which people on Corbyn's team had been predicting for months. So there was this idea it would be happening out there. He spent that basically telling everybody that the leader is shit. And he needs um, to resign before the election happens. And he needs happens. to resign. Which, I mean, God, imagine if Theresa May had called the election while Labour were having a leadership contest. I mean, she wouldn't have done that because she would have just let Labour fucking tear itself up for a bit. But And then um, call it afterwards. A yeah, month absolutely. into whoever like, had well, taken I mean, the place. But imagine if fucking Clive Lewis won or somehow got some kind of backroom coot having him stalled. He could lose his seat. He's yeah. facing an instance here where like he's going on a like anti-Brexit message. He's polling fucking 22%, which again would be an overestimation of what he'd eventually get. He'd probably find like the polling so bad that your Blairs and your Mandelsons would tell everyone to fuck off and vote Lib Dem anyway because they're not a party of government anymore because Clive Lewis would be too left wing and then they'd be fucking annihilated and Clive Lewis would lose his seat he'd be the first sitting leader of like a major party to lose their seat since I think Archibald Sinclair <laughs> way like you back you thought Ed Balls and Douglas Alexander losing their seats was fucking embarrassing and Jim Murphy like all the big wigs of the Ed Miliband era this would like, be like a decapitation of the party yeah you thought Vince Cable losing his seat was embarrassing for the Lib Dems it would crush us forever and that's what Owen Jones was trying to push for and that's what he would have got and that's why you should remember how much his political analysis is worth because it's not worth anything anyway <laughs> um, should we hurry on to the final gazelle still sprinting in the fucking safari that we have our guns trained at <laughs> well I, I will say after this there is one more that I think we should briefly mention but that won't take long but yeah we can't forget Jolian there's no way we can leave Jolian out I 
I've started to like Jollyon in the fact that <laughs> Jollyonism has become a thing, and that his name, despite his best surly protestations every other day, <laughs> is a laughing stock. <laughs> It's a hilarious name to everyone. It is the synonym for just fucking stupid dickhead. We are back, and so happy to be here. Our special guest this week, Jolian Green. Take it away, Jolian. Like, there's the fucking windmill pedo, and then there's a slick, greasy fucking moron that everyone laughs at, that cries his eyes out every single day. Because people call him his name. It really does get to him. Like, Julian Moore, like, Windmill Julian, to his credit, I don't think he gets as annoyed by it. I think it does annoy him sometimes. He's blocked a fair few people for it. But he does seem to sometimes kind of take it in good spirit. Like, when a comrade of ours made the Julian party account and it followed Jolian Morn. He yeah, he he followed it back and, and tweeted about it and found it quite amusing by the looks of it. I don't know if he was just doing an I'm not mad thing. But Jolian cries every fucking yeah, day. Jolian Green just insta blocked. Like he's fucking <laughs> pathetic. He is just such a little gimp. He's got so much fucking he's got thinner skin than fucking Oliver Cam. He Im- saw imagine. The profiles of leftists at night. I've got a fucking favourite him at like half eleven on a Tuesday evening. From like a tweet <laughs> I made three or four days ago back when I was unlocked. He's a fucking dirty creep. No God. one's fucking looking through accounts that you don't follow like that at half eleven. In that sort of vein, looking for an offensive tweet where I've called like fucking Jess Phillips or Alison McGovern or Tristan Hunt like a cunt. Something oh, I usually yeah, he, say. No, he, he... And Jolien, of course, he thinks it's okay to work for fucking BAE systems or write for the sun or any yeah. other sort of the abhorrent shit he promotes. The fact that he doesn't seem to have any policies other than we shouldn't be doing that or we shouldn't be doing that. He's a fucking prick. He's a fucking rotten <laughs> prick. I think well, we'll, was, we'll what, highlight what? his cabinet, his fucking intensely ethnically cleansed cabinet, and oh, then God. wrap up on the cunt because it could just be a whole night of me screaming into the phone. <laughs> I mean, he's just so awful. So this cabinet, you tweeted it out on our account, didn't Mm. you? So let's see if we can take a look at it. His fantasy Um, fucking cabinet is just abhorrent. Yeah, I will say actually, briefly on the sun point, in Jolion's huge thread about what he thinks Labour should do next, he did actually say they should stop shunning papers that ordinary British people read. It's like, fuck off. And this is again this thing, like the public, they eat McDonald's, therefore they think the company's in valuable it's good for you they're impeccable on workers rights it's, it's like he thinks thing, that you like, should have just a good relationship anyway like they won't ask for anything back yeah. for that good relationship the consumer is a thick cut yeah it's just like <laughs> that idea of like, oh yeah blair manages media properly it's like no well blair dropped investigations and policies into like media monopolies and all sorts literally yeah. on the demand of the sun and rupert murdoch etc 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 doesn't need saying it's not a one-way thing with the media. You're not just a political party that's so lofty. And then, like, you just get away with going, oh, yeah, we'll deal with you. We'll give you good press releases. And you'll just give us good coverage, yeah, because we're trying our best. And, like, you know, we want to press, baby. Telling it how it is. You know, we're rapid making... response, all that. Got... No, well, we want jokes. influence. Like, simple as that. And if you don't get that, they'll yeah. lambast you over and over <laughs> and over again. So you may as well just not try and play the game because you're not going to win. And you're not going to win with keeping what you want to do intact. And he wouldn't know that because he doesn't have anything he wants to keep intact he's just a small man who isn't talented enough to get elected so wants to find himself in a position of real power over people's lives 
that being through the Labour Party that just sort of inhibits the place at the top that the Conservatives typically do. But he knows that he's so pathetic and weak that he'd be laughed at by the real top brass of Conservatives. Imagine being poor Jolyon, though. Up till 2015, everything was going fine. Sure, you didn't really like Ed. He was he was a bit of a loony lefty, that Ed Miliband. He ate bacon sandwich in a funny way. But, you know, you were, you were all right. At least your people still were running the show. And then, all of a sudden, it's 2015. The loony left. <laughs> Take over. All of a sudden, even though every other cunt at Labour HQ has exactly the same politics as you, you're a fish out of water now. You feel completely alienated. Your whole world has been turned upside down. You don't know how you can fit in in this world anymore. So First you post. Of... Yeah. You just so post, you and post, post and post and post. Fast forward a year you're suddenly a laughing stock because you have a funny name. That now, everyone like, laughs at and takes the piss out of because you've got a stupid name, you look like a twat, you've never done anything <laughs> in your fucking life. Everyone laughs at your stupid fucking name and I know it upsets you, we all know it upsets you, and we all love sticking jolly in on the end of everything and laughing. Laughing at you, <laughs> laughing at your stupid, silly, fucking cartoony Hanoverian name you fucking wanker <laughs> that's the thing it's literally about him it's not just people making fun of the name they're making fun of the name because him and one other guy are cunts oh, like, like <laughs> the most preposterous cunts yeah that's the thing I found his cabinet by the way but there are a few other Jollians there's like a handful there's Jollian the Jollian who used to do that show The Revolution Will Be Televised yeah. he recently said oh if you don't like Corbyn vote Green or Lib Dem so like, fuck off mate Jollianism is a disease there's that yeah. like F1 driver <laughs> who apparently is like really shit who I only know because he said the name Jollian and the only other results that come up is this like new F1 driver Everyone's yeah. like, he's fucking, like, awful. And everyone's saying, like, he's got a stupid name over in Renault, F1, or whatever. I mean, F1 like, is... Everyone has turned against Jollians, even the fucking F1 Tory. F1 is objectively Tory. Like, that's all I'm saying. Why else would Blair have done deals with the cunts? Yeah, why is fucking Tom Watson getting money off them? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Max Mosley. <laughs> nothing, nothing to, like, suspect about that name. Yeah. <laughs> so Jolyon compiled his dream cabinet, and because mm. Jolyon is a fucking this is green, not not Morn. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of Jolyon Morn, I love Simon Hedges' windmill series that he started. Oh, God, yes, now beautiful. it's incredible, like the best satirical creation on the entire internet. And actually, there was a think piece about Hedges on Vice, but for some fucking reason, felt the need to dedicate half the article to Malmentum. Ugh. <laughs> Still, Whatever. Like, Hedges and Wint MP got in there. But anyway, Jolyon Green compiled this. Uh, by the way, piffing on some Jolyon Green. That's, oh, yeah. That's the new... That's the next step. We've coined it. Piff on that Jolyon Green. <laughs> Blaze some fire Jolyon. And get a really racist shadow cabinet set up. Yeah, so the shadow cabinet was all women because Jolyon is a very woke guy. So it's headed up by Yvette Cooper, who's Prime Minister. We all know all the slugs want her to be the next Labour leader for some fucking reason. <laughs> like seven. And then it's just like, it's 17%. a slugathon afterwards. Yeah. I mean, is there anyone even from like the soft left of the party in here? Lisa Nandy is as left as it gets. Is Nandy even in there? She doesn't make it into the graphic. 
Oh, right. He explains that she'd be Department for International Development, apparently. Okay. Don't know how the fuck he determined that. <laughs> like... <laughs> just just part in her offer, like, International yeah. Development. Like, not everyone can be Barry Gardner and manage to fucking kill it and, like, become really popular despite being at International Development. No, sorry, he's, he, he's International Trade, isn't he? He is International Trade, and Jolyon wants Shabana Mahmood to be International Trade Secretary. He wants a fucking Unionist, Bridget Phillipson, to be Northern Ireland Secretary. Oh like, yeah, he good can luck. fuck right off with that. Like, and then like it's, it's awful, and like there's what, including Lisa Nandy, there's only three black and minority ethnic women. Shubana Mahmood and Rusharana Ali, I think, are the only ones in the pictures. Like yeah, he's like that was his third. Even still, it's a fucking pathetic. I'm yeah, at, like, that's that's the whitest cabinet in a fucking generation. Yeah, exactly. Nandy it's Nandy horrible. isn't isn't like, like not only that, anymore. like oh yeah, like oh there's only so many women to pick from when you've like systematically ignored about five black women. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing because there are a couple of women of color. Sorry, as we say, there's three women of color in there. Although Nandy didn't make the final graphic, there were no black women. No, Diane like, Abbott, Dawn Butler, Kate Osamore, all excluded. You know, on grounds of what you normally say is if you're being polite, nasty sort of politicking yeah. and misogynoir noir yeah, otherwise absolutely like he's just a prick he's just a fucking prick as were all the twats that were boosting this fantasy woke cabinet like all the fucking unmentionables really yeah Caroline like, Flint was home secretary in this Rachel Reeves chancellor of the exchequer which is fucking terrifying I mean her being a home secretary would be terrifying too but that's still you've got race realist Caroline Flint as home secretary mm. and somebody who is well into Bennett it cuts as Chancellor of the Exchequer. With the it's bold, not a good world. The bold socialist policies of George Osborne. Yeah, it would be a fucking disaster. Fucking like, Harlan like, in there. Like, going, oh yeah, like, we'd actually be a good government if we had this. Like, no, no you wouldn't. You yeah. really, really, really wouldn't. Oh, Lucy... You'd get fuck all done. Luciana Berger would be Communities and Local Government Secretary, so presumably he's fucked off for mental health brief. He's not bothered about that. Oh, yeah, I don't think he has. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not seeing yeah. that on there. Oh, yeah, Heidi Alexander back uh, as Health Secretary, even though Ashworth is... Well, I mean, it's all women, but Ashworth is much better than her at that, and I'm not even a fan of Ashworth. I mean, I haven't mm. voted for him in a general election, but Lucy, yeah, just... Lucy Powell as Education Secretary, when, again, Angela Rayner, not particularly left-wing... A woman, and but, so woman, much yeah. better in the brief. No, it's it goes like it takes one look to see how ridiculous it is. It's just he's an insufferable prick, and it shows. <laughs> it shows think, in like who he picks. I think as we're talking about the omission of black women from this, I think it's time that you lay out Abbott's Law for everybody. Oh yeah, I think Abbott's Law has been tested time and time again. Now oh, it's foolproof. Like, yeah, foolproof. Basically. Every horrible, nasty creep has a long-standing grudge with Diane Abbott. Yeah. And inversely, or conversely rather, I don't know my philosophical <laughs> language or my legal language at all, but everyone who has a problem, a big problem with Diane Abbott, is very typically a horrible, nasty, ratty, disgusting, racist, right-wing, thick-as-pig-shit knobhead. Yes, well, I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, only earlier today I saw Kevin Maguire from The Mirror having it out with some cunt who was like, Oh, Corbyn loves the IRA and murder! And Kevin Maguire's like, no, no, Corbyn was very committed to peace in Ireland. He just had a different perspective to you. He had, had a different way of going about it. And I looked at the profile of the guy who was being a total prick, and sure enough, a couple of tweets down, he was calling Diane Abbott a fat racist. 
So I've, I've no Every idea time. if this guy was in Labour or not, but it's rampant in Labour, in the Fash parties, in the Conservative Party, especially among Lib Dems as well, who apparently think that they're more progressive, more pro-immigration, more internationalist than Diane Abbott, and can all get to absolute fuck. Anyway, should we wrap up? I think there's one more person we need to mention, and that person is a certain pub landlord, or oh. a certain fucking like 59th guy in line to the throne like fucking lord montague percival albert murray of fucking tickle wherever yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he loves our show he loves bathism yeah and he approves of our bathist stance yeah which is great it's good to have another bathist in the media we are I mean, god knows we've been on the downturn the last 10 15 years but oh, it's good to start no. building back we've no. been doing well and al murray is on board he's, he's given us his approval to use his name to publicize our show we just want to take this time to say thank you al thank you al because we know you're listening as you do every single week <laughs> thank you for the gift you've given us I from how your people... favorite bathist podcast i wonder how many people hate listen to our show now there's going to be Jolly and Green, probably, Helen Lewis, by the sounds of it, and Al Murray. <laughs> and Al Murray. <laughs> oh, and the, and the editorial board of Base Magazine. Yeah, wherever yeah. they may be. Oh, and Bryn Phillips. Dan Chuk. Joe Anderson. Jollians. Uh, sorry, the other Jollian, Jollian Morn. It's actually <laughs> remarkable Jollian Morn seems to take it better, considering some of the considering, stuff people yeah. say about him. <laughs> I love that cutting from some, it must have been like some local paper or something, but it was like, Jolyon has been made fun of for his pro-EU stance and for allegedly living in a windmill, <laughs> even though it's actually a second home. It was beautiful. It was so good. Anyway, we know you're listening, Jolyon, and, you know, it's it's all above board. Don't it's, sue. It's all good. To all of our other hate listeners. Jolian, like, come on the thanks show. Thanks for sticking with us. Not Jolian Green, you're a fucking prick. <laughs> no, but like, the invitation extends to practically everyone. McTernan, like, he's coming McTern- on soon, isn't he? He's coming on soon. I don't but, know if we can announce, well, yeah, no, let's, let's announce fuck it. Fuck it, let's announce it. We, it's, it's, all, it's all in the public domain. We're going to do an episode on the influential Australian Prime Minister Gough Whitlam with John McTurnan. And it's going to be wild. It's, it's going, going to be, be so good. We've got so much more coming over these next few <laughs> weeks and months. It's going to hit you like a fucking steam train. It's going to be fantastic. We'll be getting our episode with Jude recorded soon. We'll be getting our episode with Dawn Foster done, which I'm really looking forward to. Tom will be getting a new anti-Tim Farron video to you soon and I'll keep piling on the pressure for him to make one that's against the Tories as well. We've um, got so many ideas. We've got so many plans. So much over the next few months and it's going to be very very good live real politics that's the thing that might happen at some point maybe we're, we're discussing not, it tentatively yeah, maybe we're not quite ready yet but there's a very bad piece of coursework that outlines uh, <laughs> an event along those lines that, that exists and it, it might even be put into action who knows who knows it, it could well be but anyway i'm gonna very quickly again say with no context another talking point we received Getting high with top smoker Tim Farron. Oh, Christ. Oh, no, he's, uh, he said he's going to legalise. He said he's going to legalise it. Tim, yeah, Tim Farron, yeah, the Lib Dems are going to legalise weed. Should we close on endorsing Tim Farron? It is my sad duty to report to our hard left listeners, and in fact, even our old Labour right listeners, who will be very disappointed in us, that the Real Politic podcast is now 100% unequivocally pro-Lib Dem. We go back on everything we've said. We'll do it all. It's taken back. We are dedicated to Piff and Jolly and all day long. (laughs) 
<laughs> that we and are. We will follow the party that represents that. So, Kieran, how how hyped are you for when Brexit gets stopped? Oh, mate, I'm so hyped. I'm gonna be so high. It's gonna be incredible. <laughs> We're just gonna. Lib Dems are gonna be in power. We're it's gonna, gonna be like, oh my god. We're gonna still be in the EU, so everything is gonna be as perfect as it is like now when we haven't properly left yet. Like it's gonna be just as good as things are right now. We'll be in the EU possibly even as good as things were prior to june 2016 let's not get ahead of ourselves here but it's going to be wonderful we're going to have all the pith in the world we're going to have a decent principled man who stands up to the gay frog menace in number 10 oh. we're going to have christian democracy yes you know it's going to be oh it's going to be great merkel style baby oh it's coming <laughs> it's coming <laughs> All right, so from the Lib Dem... <laughs> Lib Dem supporting Real Politics podcast, we say to you good day or good night or good day, goodbye sir. or whatever. Good day, sir. <laughs> What's, what is and it? remember, get that? out on June the 8th and vote Lib Dem. Vote Lib Dem. Stop the gay frogs. What is it that Matt's <laughs> cousin always signs off his snarky tweets with? All the best. All the best. <laughs> <laughs> She's got two wrapped round her finger, her finger.